Hi, y'all. Happy Friday. It's your girl, Chris Nayana, and I'm back doing another interview for Black Talk Radio. This is a Black Talk Radio IG Live interview with Poppy Steves. We're going to get started in a little bit. Um, for those of y'all just joining in, this is the Black Talk Radio IG Live interview with Poppy Steves. He should be in here shortly. Oh, he's just got in here. Perfect. And let me... The sentence is connecting. Damn, why is it taking so long? Says waiting for Poppy Steve. I don't know. Maybe his Wi-Fi. Something going on with his Wi-Fi. Um, I'm gonna cancel it and resend it. For those of y'all just joining, this is the Black Talk Radio IG Live interview with Poppy Steve. We about to get started shortly. Trying to get through these technical difficulties. Okay. Yo, yo. Hi, thank you so much doing? for joining no me. No problem, no problem. You said your name's Kristen, right? Yes, my name is Kristen. Yeah. Nice um, meeting you, Miss Kristen. Nice meeting you, too. For those of y'all just joining, this is the Black Talk Radio IG Live with uh, Poppy Steves. Let me just pin that comment real fast. Okay, boom. Yeah. So we're just going to get right into it. I'm just going to be asking you some questions today, you know getting to know you so your fans can get to know you as well um so for anyone that's in the live if you guys have any questions feel free to leave them in the question box as well because i will be going through that throughout the interview so well you was breaking up a little bit um for people that have questions they could leave them like in the question box so my first question for you is where are you from and what made you start getting into music? Ah, uh, I think you froze. Okay, right, can you, you were me? frozen. Yeah, can you hear right, me? Yeah, you know, we good, yeah. You scared me a little bit. You was going in and out, I couldn't hear nothing. But I'm good, yeah. Okay, so tell us where are you from and what made you start getting into music? Well, I'm from Miami, Florida. Um, wow. What made me start getting into music, I could sing my whole life. But I kind of, like, I pretty much slept on myself. Like, I ain't even, I know I just didn't really want anything to do with, you know, singing and music at a particular time. And my whole family is musically inclined. So, like, my father was an R&B singer. My sister, okay. Nikki Natural, she's a rapper as well. So, it's like, and my older sister's also an R&B singer. So, it's kind of like, it's like, I had to. Not I had to, but it's like, it would have <laughs> been dumb for me not to. And it's like, I felt like I was wasting so much talent by not mm-hmm. making music. Like, by the time I was 18, I was in Congress when I decided I wanted to take music seriously. I wanted to do it for real. So, okay. yeah, I spent my whole life not doing it. So, Okay, so you said you, uh, by the time you, like, really started taking music seriously, you were in college. So, how, like, how long ago was that? So, between now and then, like, what, how long have you been doing music? So, seriously, I'm going to say about two and a half years. Okay. I started it. I started like I went to my first studio session in 2016. Mm-hmm. 
but I wasn't really taking it seriously until like probably like 2017 ish for. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. So you've been you've been at it for a good, a good. Yeah, I've been you know I've been doing my little thing. I've been doing my thug nizzle for a little bit. You did. So I want to talk about since you said you you know you're from Miami, Florida. How do you think that has like influenced your music style? I mean, because you're very very R and B. I noticed that you've done like a lot of covers to like popular R and B songs. But how would you say like growing up in Miami has influenced you as an artist? If we're being honest, which I gotta be honest. Be honest, we really hasn't at all. Like, <laughs> to be honest, I try that's, not to do anything that I see niggas in my city really doing. I don't really. I try to stand up. Mm-hmm. So you like a lot of people say they wouldn't even know I was from Miami just by mm-hmm. listening to my music. I don't really make the type of music that the people in my city make, and that's I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. I just, right. yeah, I just personally don't. I try to stand out to do something different. So. Okay, that's fair. I mean, and I think that's everyone can speak to that for people that are artists, where yeah. they try to, you know, necessarily they want to be different and do things that are different, and it might not, you know, go with the city that they come from. So, yeah. speaking of, you know, you being different and you know your creativeness, I want to talk a little bit about your single PTSD. Um, talk about you know the inspiration behind that because like on Twitter they be saying you like the most toxic person ever. <laughs> What's up? Yeah, all right. So check me out, right? So <laughs> I don't really consider myself to be toxic, if we honest. Like, okay. I I call it being honest. Like I'm very blunt and I'm a very <laughs> honest person. Wait, what's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Okay, I'm a Sag. Oh my god. You don't like Sagittarius? I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't got problems with them, but I, you know, I don't know. I've had a few run-ins with Sagittarius, and it wasn't the best, so. Okay. But nah, so I don't really think I'm toxic. Like, yeah, everybody on Twitter labels me toxic. Like, if toxic had a definition with a picture, it would be my face. That's how Twitter perceives it. <laughs> but I really think I'm just being honest. Um, My music is a reflection of me. I don't necessarily, I don't care for my music. Anything I say in a song, I mean 100%. I stand behind that, and you could quote me on that. So it's like, everything I say in PTSD, Say No More, all my singles, I mean. So if they perceive it as toxic, then so be it. But I really mean all of that. Like, I'm not, I can't lie about half the stuff I be talking about. I be dead serious. Right. Yeah. So, okay, now getting into PTSD, what was it like recording that song, like write, like writing that song? What was the process like for it? These days, I don't really write that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gotten to a point where I do, I write sometimes. It depends on what the song is like. Like Say No More, that's another song I have released. I had right. to write that song because I had to get all those thoughts out of my head. Like my music is a vessel to, you know, really express emotions. So right. if it's that serious, or I'm really that mad, I have to write about it. But PTSD... I heard the beat. I wrote the hook to it, but afterwards, I'm like, whatever, I don't even like this like that. So I took, I went to the studio. I recorded the songs that I went to the studio to actually initially record, and I had extra time left, so I'm like, okay. oh, I might as well just pull up a beat, you know, pull up some. So I pulled up PTSD, and I got hundreds of beats sitting, you know, on my computer just waiting for me to use them that I've written to, and I just I pick and choose what I feel like recording for that day. So I chose the one for PTSD. I recorded the hook, and I'm like, it's actually kind of sound good, like, after recording it. But I didn't write any more past the hook, so I freestyled the rest. Like, I just started <laughs> ranting and ranting. Like, when depending on what the topic of the song is, I kind of channel, like, 
I channel the emotions that's tied to the situation, and that's how I can really talk about it for real in the music. Okay. So yeah, PTSD. I was in I was in my feelings a little bit <laughs> when I wrote it, and it's crazy because the reason that song even came about is because I went on Twitter, and pretty much everything I post on Twitter will like go viral or do numbers. So I tweeted one day. It was like late night, and I was like, I feel like I have PTSD from relationships, and I feel like it's real this and that. And that tweet getting like over 30,000 likes, isn't that? And I could see, like, I went there and I read through the replies, and I'm like, okay, so all these people really agree it's relatable, so I'm like, fuck it, I'm right. gonna write it, I'm gonna write a song about it. So when I went in the studio, all I really had to do was just channel how I felt about it, and it was just, it was simple for me. It was just, it was easy. Okay, I think that's, you know, a dope process, and that you were able to, I feel like, be relatable, especially, because you mentioned how you realize so many people could relate to like having PTSD from relationships and yeah. then you take that and you use that for your craft. So I think that's super dope. Yeah. My next question for you is, do you have any upcoming projects? Cause you've released a couple of stuff since you've been in quarantine. Yeah. Um, since I've been in quarantine, quarantine, first of all, I hated quarantine. I hated the whole Corona thing. First the of all, whole quarantine. Wait, 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 but you, you live in Florida, right? Yeah. Okay, so did y'all even really have a quarantine? Because <laughs> it seemed like y'all do whatever. I don't know about everybody else, but I had a quarantine because I'm not about to go out and get sick and get infected with none. So I had a quarantine. Okay. The people in my city <laughs> were still like going out doing this and that partying. That's why we about to be on lockdown part two because of that. But I feel like I'm never going to be on lockdown. Where And where are you? Where are you? Oh, I'm in Jersey, North Jersey. So like. Jersey. We okay. was on real lockdown. We were like epicenter of COVID, all that. Well, yeah, so, now we the epicenter. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> now we about to have a whole nother quarantine. But like during quarantine, I hated it. It was like, I'm ready to get out. I have so much things, like so much stuff to do. I had a show in New York. I had did all type of different things oh, I was supposed wow. to do. And all of it got canceled because of that. So what that did, what I had to force me and my team to do, my management, Mm -hmm. You had to sit there and think of, okay, what can you do in quarantine to still push your career and still be doing something? Because at that time, I st my, my studio had closed down, too. So mm -hmm. I really, I couldn't record music. I was forced to write to the point where I got tired of writing. I didn't want to write no more. So it's like, I'm like, what can I do? And it forced me to, you know, figure out ways to, you know, talk to my fans more, interact, you know, with fans and just different stuff I could do inside the house. So by the time quarantine was over, I had so much shit backed up to record and do. It was just right. Time. Like it was just yeah, as soon as it opened, we just went go. And that's I dropped. I think I dropped like two songs since then. Turn me up, PTSD. Yeah, so I did a lot since then. And I'm about to drop a music video next Friday for PTSD as well. So wow, that's really really good. Yeah. So um, since you mentioned quarantine, I have this like segment that I do. It's called Quarantine Q and A. So I just want to get into that. So. While being in quarantine, I want to know, like, were you watching any shows? Were you reading anything? What was um, that? Yes. Yes. During quarantine, I was watching series back to back. Like, I watched my favorite show was The Office. I would watch that show over. I can't get into it. You can't get into it, man. I feel like you got to have a certain type of humor to really enjoy the show. <laughs> Like, because it goes from dry humor to dark humor. Like, you really got to, I don't know, it's, it's for specific people. But I watched that show at least another two times from the first episode to the last. I watched this show on Netflix called The 100. That show is real good. Okay. And I also, like, reading, too, I read this book called The 48 Laws of Power. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. I, it's, you know, pretty much giving you life lessons and game and stuff like that. So I read that till I didn't even want to read no more. <laughs> so like, I was I was pretty much, I was fighting demons in the house. 
the entire <laughs> quarantine, to be honest with you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, some reading, some watching, some, you know, Netflix series. That seems pretty solid. Yeah. So, my next question is, what is your favorite quarantine snack? So, like, what was something you always eat during quarantine? Um... I don't even know. During quarantine, I was running through bags of chips. I'm surprised I didn't come out there giving like another hundred. <laughs> but I was just eating. I was eating nonsense, to be honest with you. I was just eating crazy. So it was nothing specific I can remember that I was really eating. Mm-hmm. But nah, yeah, I can't really think of that. I was eating chips and cookies and drinking Gatorades. Like I was eating like I was pregnant or something. So no, I don't know. It's not pregnant. <laughs> yeah, so I don't remember like that. Well, that wraps up that my quarantine Q&A. So now, my next question is, what has to be, you know, your favorite thing about making music? Because you mentioned you've been doing it for a while now. You also mentioned that you have management, which I think is super dope and important. So mm-hmm. I'm going to talk a little bit about, like, your favorite thing about making music and then your management and how that was, like, formed or created. Because I feel like for independent artists, that is difficult. Well... My favorite thing about making music is the freedom. It's like the freedom to express myself creatively. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like music is the best like way for me to do that personally. I know everyone's different, but like I look at music as art, and my definition of art is anything that you can use to express emotion or feelings. Whether you're painting or whatever you're doing, drawing, whatever, you're still expressing some type of you know through your art. And my best, the best thing to me about making music is that I'm able to talk to people and tell people how I feel while using and manipulating melodies and harmonies and vocals to do so. And I'm real, you know, I'm real big on it. I'm not, I don't like talking about my feelings or how I feel about a lot. So it's like the fact that I have to do it through my music is like, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing to me. And at the same time, it's like, I don't got to work a job. Like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't remember the last time I had a job or really working nine to five or nothing like that. And it's like getting paid to do something that you love doing that you know you would do for free. Right. It's a whole different feeling. Like I tell my manager all the time, like I could be a millionaire, billionaire, and I'd still be making music. So, I mean, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. To me, that's just the best part about it, the freedom. No, I definitely uh, think that's important. And I love how you mentioned, you know, you can do something that you love and get paid for it because that's like, you'll never, they say like when you do something you love, you'll never like work a day in your life. So I think that's super, you know, dope and important that you pointed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And now moving on to your management, um, Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about like how you gained that and you know, what has having a team done for you as an independent artist? Luckily for me, my manager is my auntie. And ironically enough, my auntie is the one who discovered I could sing in the first place when I was a child. Like, when I was, like, I don't even know, like, four, five, six. She had me singing on her voicemail. So, like, her friends would call her and I would be singing, you know, whatever, <laughs> to the point where they would call and I'd be like, oh, ask your nephew to sing on my voicemail, you know, shit like that. So, yeah, she discovered I could sing. So, it was, like, it was my first semester in college mm-hmm. or whatever. I had just got out of a relationship, a bad relationship. So I was in my feelings one night. So I sang um, Proud Family by Tori Names. That was my first time ever singing on camera. And I recorded it, and I just posted it on Twitter. Around that time, I had, like, I don't even know, like, five, 600 followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I posted that, and I got, like, 3,000 likes. And I'm like, 
Rocky. Wow. Like, hold on, let me see some. You dig? So, right, they they fucking with me. <laughs> yeah, so I started making single videos all the time. And like everything I was posting was doing numbers. I got over a million views on a video of me singing for nine seconds in my mirror. So it's like after that, I'm like, yeah, I got to do this for real to the point where they started begging me to make music. So I'm like, or just drop a song or something. So I'm like, okay. So I called her. I'm like, so I think I want to make music. She was like, what? I said, yeah. And I was like, I want you to manage me. You dig? And she had managed a few artists before, but they pretty much played. So it's like, I couldn't think of anybody else better than to call her because she knows me. I know she's not going to try me on the business aspect of it. Right. So, and who better than family? And I know people say sometimes it's bad to mix personal with business, but in this case, it was just too perfect. So I told her that she jumped on it immediately, found me a studio, um, found me an engineer, and that's the only engineer I still use to this day. I've been using him for three years. Can't nobody else touch my music but him. Shout out Misco. But um, I'm in the studio right now. <laughs> so, yeah, she did that. She found me my um engineer, and we went off of that. I dropped that song. I was so scared to drop that song. I was so nervous. I remember that. I was in my house fighting demons, pacing back and forth. Because I didn't know how people was going to react to it. It took me forever. It took me like two and a half, three weeks to write that song. Um, I didn't know how to write none of that. So I dropped it on SoundCloud. It pulled 25,000 streams on SoundCloud within like a month of being out. So after that, I was like, all right, I got to do this for real. So it's been history since now. I'm here. I think that's, you know, really good that you, you have someone like that on your team. And that you even mentioned, you were like nervous to drop your first song, but you did it because I feel like a lot of times it's like when you're creative, it's super hard to put content out. Like it's really I feel like harder than it seems because you know that there's so much eyes on you essentially. But it's yeah. dope that you were able to do that and be brave in that. We do have a question. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Someone said, "Who's his daddy?" So I don't know. You said you got musical, <laughs> you got musical inclined family members. Maybe they know you from. I don't know. Alright, so I'll go through the fan right quick. You dig? So my father is a singer. He sings gospel music. And that like before he sang gospel in his prime when he was around my age, this man was singing R and B, singing the nastiest <laughs> shit I could think of. <laughs> but he was in this group called DG a long time ago. They were very popular in Miami at the time. He was in this R and B group called DG. He was the lead singer or whatever. I don't know what happened from now to here, but fast forward, he sings gospel music as well. That man damn near does better numbers than me. Like, if you look on YouTube, you search up his name, <laughs> Stefan Ray. Stefan Ray, you'll find all his music. That's I'm also a junior. Fun fact. I shouldn't have said that, but whatever. I'm a junior, so my real <laughs> name is Stefan as well. But, yeah, you can search him up under Stefan Ray. You can find all his music. That man actually does numbers for real. But um, my sister, my older sister, Nikki Natural, she's a rapper. She's also on Love & Hip Hop Miami, the TV show. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, she's a rapper as well. She could she hold a note too. She be on the singing shit sometimes too. But, um, yeah, she. I, I actually have multiple songs where we got way more songs that we even haven't dropped yet. So, and then my other sister, her name is Asia Alicia. She's also an R&B singer. She was real big in Miami on one point too. I think she was signed to Def Jam and Universal as well at one point a few years back. So, yeah, my whole family, even my mom, used to run around the house singing and you know, you know, carrying on this and that. So. Aww. Yeah, music is pretty much, you know, embedded in my family for the most part. Okay, I think that's dope. I feel like a lot of people don't that do music a lot of times they don't have that like musical family to guide them. So that's, you know, super dope and important. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it had its pros and cons. Like at the same time my dad did it. So at first he hated the fact that I made music cuz he didn't want me to, you know, 
you know, make the same mistakes he may have made and stuff like that. So it, it kind of had a pros and cons, but yeah, I turned out all right. So, <laughs> so now I want to talk about, you know, who are like your musical inspirations? So like if you could work with any artist, who would it be and why? My favorite artist, hands down, Chris Brown. Okay. Chris Brown. And it, like I said, that one had its pros and cons too, to the point where when I first came out singing or whatever, I sounded just like the man and it was a problem to the mm -hmm. point where my best friend, who's also one of my videographers or whatever, this man banned me and my manager. She banned me from listening to Chris Brown for like, I don't even know how long that was, like a month or so. And had me listen to all types of stuff. Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, like they pretty much put me on a Chris Brown detox. And <laughs> it helped. Because after that, you know, I pretty much developed my own sound and I took it from there. But um, yeah, Chris Brown's my favorite, you know, artist as a whole. My favorite rapper is J. Cole and Lil Wayne. My favorite female singer is Jasmine Sullivan, hands down. Oh, she's good. I feel like she really slept on, though. She is. I mean, it's slept on, but at the same time, she makes music for her genre, for her crowd. So it's mm -hmm. like not a lot of people can appreciate good music, especially the generation we're in right now. I feel like, right. yeah, people really, they value popularity and gimmicks over talent. You know, so... And like her, I'm not about to do nothing crazy for attention. Y'all either gonna fuck with me off my music or you're not. <laughs> it is what it is. So, yeah. But it definitely seems like people do, I mean, fuck with you off your music. I feel like you have a strong fan base and things of that yeah. nature, so. Yeah, I do. I know, yeah, I, I know my fans. I, I, I stream pretty well for somebody on my level. Like, my, say no more <laughs> for 300,000 streams. I just released PTSD. Like last week, and I streamed over. I saw already sold like twelve point five thousand on on PTSD so far, and that's you know I'm not signed and I'm independent. So to stream the way I do, I pretty much do it. I got a, a pretty a pretty strong fan base, and I do this for them. Like if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing this at all. So, right. Yeah. So now you said you're independent. So what are your thoughts on like being signed? Like, do you ever want to be signed? Is it something you're like, uh, like I don't know? Because as we know, like. It does get tricky for independent artists when they do become signed. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, at first, I wanted to be signed. I was chasing certain labels, specific labels. Like, mm -hmm. It's like as I went along and as I you know, started you know, making more money off music to the point where I didn't have to work and this and that, it's like if I could do this and I could build all this, and to the point where labels started hitting me up. Like I got labels that are waiting for me to sign right now. That tells me I'm doing something right. Right. by myself so if i could do this if if the, if the little nigga from miami could pull three hundred thousand streams <laughs> on a single with no label behind them and no money or whatever and they hitting me up for certain things i'm obviously doing something right and i'm only going up unless i do or say some stupid shit to get myself canceled <laughs> it's only gonna no, get better so it's like, <laughs> nah, for real. so it's like there's really no point now if the label comes and the contract and the paperwork is right which it still isn't so far yeah, I'll, you know, I'll consider signing. But for now, I have the freedom and creative control of my own craft to be able to do and release the type right. of music I want without somebody telling me, oh, you can't release this or, you know, do this instead. I value that. I value creative control over anything. So, I don't know. For now, I'm just chilling. But if the time comes, it'll come. Yeah, I definitely agree. I actually saw a post today that it was like, um, it said, you can't chase the industry. Let the industry chase you. And I think that was so important because I feel like so many, you know, independent artists, they're like, 
and I get it, and I do understand, like, people have certain circumstances, and it's like, they want to, you know, get out of their circumstance, and they want to gain money, and want to be signed to a label, but it really does get tricky, and it's really important that you make the right decision, because if you move too fast, you could regret it later, for sure. Yeah, I literally, I had my days, like, I one of them days was yesterday, I was with my team, and I'm like, you know what, I'm tired of this, I'm about to call them right now, I'm about to sign this deal, fuck it, but <laughs> it's like, I'll be happy to remember, like, okay, if I make this mistake right now, it's going to affect me later on. And that's right. one thing my manager always tells me, what you do in your present always affects your future. So it's like, I could sign a deal right now and be broke as hell and in debt a year and a half later. So it's like, it's not worth it. So, Right. Yeah. So my next question for you is, what would you say is one of your biggest challenges um, being an artist? Biggest challenges being an artist is wanting to still be an artist i feel like like there's been so many things that like that happened you know on the way or things that i went through or things that i really wanted to quit there was a lot of times i wanted to quit i wanted to stop making music but it's like i have to remember like i feel like i'm too talented to not be making music or to not be doing this so it's like and i can't really see myself doing nothing else to be honest with you Right. But, um, yeah, the biggest challenge is to not quit, basically, or to stay consistent as well. So. I think that's fair. And I feel like a lot of artists feel like that at times, um, yeah. that they do want to quit. And I feel like, I think what people don't even realize is that sometimes artists just don't get to be artists. There's like a lot of behind the scenes bull that like artists have to go through that can definitely be, you know, annoying or bothersome and take away for their craft but I think that's dope that you mentioned you know you still stay at it and you know that you like have to do this because it's like you're calling yeah. so I know that for 2020 it's definitely been like unexpected for everyone um, with everything that has happened but what are some of your goals for the remainder of the year um, my goal is just to be consistent as I can um, keep dropping content for my fans basically just stay in y'all face. I'm not <laughs> letting up. I feel like I got my foot on the neck right now and I'm about to just like it's like okay. I, I got to apply pressure, you dig? Like I can't I can't ain't no slowing down. It's like all, you know, all gas no brakes type of thing. So right. It's just consistency right now. Like yes. I said, I'm dropping a music video next Friday for PTSD, so Yes. Um I did see a little preview of that. So what was that, you know, what was that like? shooting the music video of PTSD. During what was it like? I, was I guess quarantine. <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask me that. PTSD is one of the most stressful music videos I don't ever <laughs> shot in my life. Like, so check me out, right? So we shot, we shot PTSD. It, how long it took, like two and a half weeks, three weeks? I don't even know. So we shot PTSD, it took us like two and a half weeks. We got all the footage together. We have finally shot one of the final scenes. So we go to take the camera and to plug it into the computer to start looking at the footage and start editing. Mm -hmm. And it says, basically, it was an error. And we lost everything I had shot in the past, like, damn near month. Like, oh past the music video, it was footage, music video footage, vlog footage. And we lost everything, pictures, all type of shit. At that point, I'm like, I hate this song. I only want to shoot this music <laughs> video. Let's do something else. I'm over this, this and that. And I don't know if you saw in the preview, it's like my Nikki Natural's in that video. That's my sister who I was telling you about. She played my therapist in this video. Mm -hmm. Before she did it, my dad played my therapist. 
So it kind of happens, though. It's like when we scheduled the date or we shoot, you know, certain scenes or whatever, when we shot a therapy scene, my sister called me like two days before. She was like, hey, what you doing? I'm in Atlanta right now, but I'm going to come to Miami in two days. We're on 4th of July. She was like, what you doing? I said, oh, yeah, I'm just getting ready to shoot PTSD. She's like, oh, yeah, let me be in it. I said, I mean, I ain't no really space to put you. And then I start cutting myself. I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I'm like, you know what? Bet you got to pay my therapist. So I think I was like, shit, how I'm going to tell my daddy I'm kicking him out this video? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I call him. I'm like, yeah, dad. So I'm like, check me out, right? <laughs> so something came up. He was like, I know your sister already told me you kicked me out the video. Oh, my so God. I'm like, damn. But. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a lot we had to do. Like one of the scenes, I don't even think I showed that scene in the preview, but one of the scenes they tied me to a damn tree in the forest <laughs> and had this girl aiming a gun at it. It was it's, it was crazy. It was a lot. <laughs> Would I shoot it again? Hell no. But I feel like it was worth it because the video is real nice. My team, you know, they came together and I feel like they did a great job on the video. So I can't wait for y'all to see it when it drops. But that video was stressful as hell to shoot. It took forever. And then all the footage we lost in the last two weeks, we had to reshoot within like four or five days. Yeah, so it, was, yeah it was a lot, but we got it done. So that's all that matters. Right. So make sure y'all stream that PTSD video when it dropped, because it was a lot, a lot of work put in behind it. Yeah, that's facts. So now my last question for you is, if you could leave the listeners slash viewers with one thing to remember about you, what would it be and why? I'm that nigga. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> no, if I had to leave y'all with something, let me about just um, I'm gonna just say like, just remember my name. At the end of the day, whether I'm here, when I'm gone, and my kids are here, I just want people to remember my name. Like I feel like I make music that's worth listening to. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I put my feelings into this shit for real. So, you know, just just remember a nigga. That's all I'm gonna say. So. Okay, I think that's fair. I want to thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank y'all for joining me, chatting with Poppy Steves. Um, this mm-hmm. IG live will go to my IGTV. Hopefully, Instagram be doing some weird stuff. My phone be freezing, but hopefully it saves. And then also it will be on Black Talk Radio's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and our website. So I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Friday. All right. Thank you, Kristen. You're very welcome. All right. Bye.